Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Pamela Jackson Rowe is a speech-language pathologist, author, owner, and clinical director of a large, multidisciplinary private practice that services all ages across the state of Florida. Yes, across the whole state. But she didn't start there. In this interview, Pamela discusses how she became a speech-language pathologist, business owner, and what mentorship has meant to her and why she's also so committed to being a mentor herself. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. One of the things that has really helped me be successful over the years is mentorship. I cannot say enough about the value of mentorship, especially when you're doing something that you've never done before. Mentors are there to show you the way and help you achieve success better and faster than they did. A good mentor will save you so much time, money, and frustration. They are truly valuable, like money valuable. The other reason why it's important to find a mentor is because they can show you what's possible. Things that you didn't think were possible for anyone, let alone yourself. One of the really cool things about Pam Rowe and myself is that we are both committed to mentoring the next generation of speech-language pathologists in private practice. And one of the reasons why we do this is because we both want the field to grow, but also grow in ways that ours and previous generations of SLPs could never imagine, with more and more SLPs choosing private practice. So let me introduce you to Pam. All right, before we begin, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Absolutely. My name is Pamela Rowe. I am a speech-language pathologist. The name of my practice is Pamela Rowe Speech Occupational Physical Therapy. Our location is all around the state of Florida. And 
it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a beautiful thing. So we've been friends on the internet. We haven't met in real life yet, but one day we will. But we've been friends for years as both people who are supporters of people figuring out this private practice route. Before we talk about some of the ways that you've done that, can we go back to the beginning of your private practice journey? Tell us maybe about your early career as an SLP and what led you to start your own private practice. Okay, no problem. So when I started out as an SLP, I had no idea that I wanted to open a private practice. In fact, I remember being in graduate school and they would always say, the professors would always say, well, now when you graduate and you decide after so many years in the field to hang your shingle, I had no idea what hang your, you know, hang your shingle meant. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, they're talking about like hanging a shingle, like an actual private practice. And I thought, you know what? That's just not for me. That's not for me. I wanted to get a job uh, immediately. So I was a bachelor level uh, speech clinician, which was amazing. And I loved, I loved that. I love being in the school system. Uh, I couldn't believe someone was going to actually pay me to be a speech language clinician. I didn't even have my master's yet. So I did that all throughout uh, grad school. And then I graduated and I thought, you know what, let me try out private practice. So I did my CFY in private practice. I loved it. I loved going into homes. And let me tell you, during my CFY, they had me going into homes, like the deep homes, like the homes in the hood. And uh, it was, I thought that was exhilarating to tell you the truth, because you never knew what you're going to be walking into. You never knew just how your counseling skills and, and how, how much your soft skills were going to be needed. So it was very challenging, but I love the challenge of working with families and connecting with different families and going from uh, environment to environment to environment. It was just very invigorating to me. Well, I so, love how you said it, it was exhilarating, right? It's always yes. good to find either populations or settings or whatever that you truly just find found exhilarating, right? Where at the end of the day, you can't wait to do it again. I, I was, yes, exactly. I did it, you know, five days a week. Uh, I was on East side, you know, three days a week. And then I was on like the West side, Northwest side on two days a week. So I love that whole being in my car, living out of my car. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, you know, once I graduated, I finished my CFY, my uh, husband at the time, he had said, you know, what do you think about opening a private practice? And I literally uh, talked to my employer about it and said, you know, I'm thinking about opening a private practice. And he said, you know what? I tell you what, why don't you take these uh, patients that you have and you go ahead and start your practice? Uh, it was amazing. That is one of the most amazing moments of generosity in my life. You know, it's right up there with my mama giving me birth. No, but it was, it's, it's up there. It's up there. God bless this man, but it, it was, it's up there. And, and so I, you know, I, that's what I was burst out of, you know, that's really what my, my practice started out as. So I think that's where my inner drive 
comes from that same generosity. You know, that's the food I was fed. That's what I tried to give out and help others on their journey to opening their private practice. So it's a, it's been a beautiful journey from there. uh, You know, I really just wanted to serve. And I thought in my head that I had to do it in a way that really appeased everyone. So I was a big people pleaser at the beginning. I went wherever people were. I mean, I went into homes, I went into daycares. So mostly daycares because that's where the children were. And then one day someone said, well, if you don't have an office, I don't want to come to you. And I never heard that notion before that people actually wanted an office setting. So from there, I knew I had to do it in a cost-effective way. I happen to not have the big offices. I don't have big offices. I tend to have one room uh, satellite offices around uh, the state of Florida. And my overhead is extremely low, extremely low. But from the beginning, that's kind of been our model is just to keep that overhead super low and make sure the profit stays pretty high to stay in the black, as they say. Well, that's really important, right? Because I feel like one of the things, there's lots of things that stop SLPs from starting private practices. And one of them is fear of the expenses, right? Fear of overhead, fear of getting in. You know, t- people tell me all the time, like, well, I thought you had to have like five or $10,000 saved up to no. get started. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, I and I had a, an advantage going into this. My advantage... of the time was, you know, I started out working front office and back office when I was 15 years old. So from that time, I worked in insurance companies and for doctors, and I knew how things were run. I got to see the insurance um, claim aspect and the turnaround time. I mean, I was writing out the claim forms when they had the duplicates underneath and the, you know, the carbon copies and all of that and filing the, you know, copy. So I'm old school, old, old, old school. And I got to see how that was run. It wasn't scary. Nothing was too foreign from me. But as far as opening a practice, I knew you didn't need to have a lot saved up. You did have to have a game plan and you did have to have that catapult to get into private practice. For me, I was working in the school system and I, I, you know, saved up money in order to buy my first test. And then from there, I just, I had the clientele and I, you know, I did it progressively. So I've never taken out a loan, never taken out a loan, um, which I'm pretty proud of that. But anyway, I've never taken out a loan, but I've always just depended on what's coming in and how to manage that to grow. Yeah. Well, I love how you said at the very beginning, you know, your location is the entire state of Florida, right? So that means not only do you have like these satellite locations, but you have people working for you. One of the things I know that you like to talk about is hiring, right? So can you tell the listeners who might be thinking like, well, I'd like to do private practice, but I'm a little afraid about hiring people. What would you tell those people? I will say that the sooner you come, to the realization that you don't need to be a one person show. And some of that's a trust issue. Okay. And some of it is really just a delegation issue. So maybe it's not so emotional for, you know, for you, 
But once you understand that it's okay to multiply, you deserve to multiply, and you deserve to make money, that doesn't make you any less caring of a person. Uh, it doesn't make you any less, you know, dedicated as a speech language pathologist. But it is very important for the good stuff in you to multiply into the community because it's not really all about you. I really, you know, I really feel this. It's not really all about you. It's about that community that needs clones of you and more of your vision in order to rectify a lot of delays and disorders that are running rampant in families. I mean, and, and we're the crazy ones, right? We're the crazy ones that are going to in, inject ourselves and, and kind of step into these situations and say, hey, I know you've had this situation in your family for generations, but I'm going to show you a different way. And we are bold enough to believe that just spending that time is going to change the rest of those generations. So that kind of mentality, don't we need more of that in the community? Don't we need more of that to spread in the community? So it's, that's what hiring to me is all about. It's all about more people getting out there, spreading that brand, spreading the, you know, the corrective speech uh, language pathology, the evidence-based, you know, scientific practices that work, spreading that in the community and uh, making a difference. And hiring is the key to doing that because you can't be everywhere and do everything and answer the phone and... And I have a funny story, actually. Today, I said to myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to help because I'm gonna, about to do some major changes. Um, but I'm going to help my, my billing team. I'm going to help them uh, with billing. Because, you know, when I started my practice, you know, a long time ago in 2002, when I started my practice, I was doing all the billing. So, of course, I'm going to help them. Can I tell you, I just wasted 30 minutes of one of my billers time. I did. She was actually, and I, I just had to, I had to apologize afterwards. I said, now walk me through. I know I kind of gave you the ins and outs of how to do this like three years ago, but walk me through how I can help you at least upload it. 30 minutes later, I still did not have one thing uploaded. And she's like, well, I just kind of have my system of, and I was like, wow, but that's why I hire people. I need them to do things 10 times better, 10 times faster than I can. And can I tell you, I am not a biller anymore. I am not the one for the job, but my skill in being a clinical director and private practice owner, I have put someone in place that has thrived and has become so much more efficient and she is the person there. So what I just need to do is just multiply underneath her. So that is something I did do. I did um, hire an assistant for her to help support her and she's training someone, uh, but I, I can't, I can't put another hat on, putting an old hat on. And that's something we have to be very careful of. As private practice owners, we might want to put on one of our old hats. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's so many new hats you need to wear as a clinical uh, director, as a private practice owner. There's so many things that go into running the practice that those other things, those other 
duties, you do not need to return back to it. You do not need to. I made the mistake today and I laughed at myself and I think she laughed at me. I think we had a laugh together. It was great. Well, but that's great, right? That shows all like not only how much you've grown, right? But you've grown because you got rid of those hats, right? So that's really, really important. The other thing I was going to ask you is what populations do you see, right? You talked about like, you know, helping a lot of people. Do you see kids, adults, both? Yeah. So Gina, I know you talk a lot about this. You know, you want multiple streams of income. And for me, multiple streams of income has meant, it's meant, you know, diversifying my relationships with different agencies, diversifying um, the ages that we serve, and also the different disciplines and the, the ways that we can deliver a therapeutic uh, intervention. So to answer your question, we work with medically complex uh, children straight, you know, from the hospital, they're still on the vent, feeding tube. So we work with a lot of preemies, a lot of newborns in the home, children, school age, adults subacute, just home, just came home. So we do home health, um, aging population, geriatric population. We run the gamut. We absolutely run the gamut. And that's not to say I do all of that, which I do happen to do all of that, but I have individuals that come with their own skill set and their amazing talent and, and they do it within the community. And what a great way to not only increase the income associated with your private practice, but also to increase the impact that you are able to have all across the state of Florida and that you're able to have on your employees, contractors, billing assistants, everyone who supports your practice, you're able to support them because you have the revenue to do that. Yes. And I I do feel that responsibility. You know, I do. And sometimes we have to make changes definitely have to make changes, but our mission statement to facilitate communication and wellness across every precious stage of life, we really hold true to that. And I really believe that the individuals that work for me, they believe in that mission statement and we want them to be compensated. We want, you know, we want them to be able to make a great living. Now, that being said, a lot of my contract PTs and and OTs and CODAs, they don't work for me full time. They work somewhere else full time and they just work um, on the side, you know, just to supplement. That's very normal for CODAs. It's very normal for physical therapy assistants to do that. And I like that. I like that, you know, someone is working in another um, area and they're wanting to also work for me on the side. I love that. That I, I just love that they're bringing the talents from one place to another and the other to, you know, I love that people can diversify their therapy practice, their scope of practice. So I'm all for that. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Well, and you're giving someone else a financial opportunity, right? To make yes. some extra money for their family or, you know, pay off student loans, whatever it is that they might not have had otherwise through their regular setting. Exactly. Well, with our uh, medically complex uh, children and adults and, you know, adolescents, we're working with them. It's pretty much long term. So it does provide some stability for individuals, especially 
the ones that are working in SNFs where, or even outpatient settings where they might have uh, variable hours. And uh, that's pretty prevalent. So adding that stability, it's, it's been good for a lot of our therapists and it's been very good for their uh, families. And plus, also private practice has a little bit more flexibility. You know, they can change their schedule. They know they have to see a patient two times a week. Well, they've got the entire week plus the weekend in which to do so. So it's it works. It definitely works. I want to go back to something you said earlier, which you were talking about, like, you know, multiple streams of income and that you really are a, a pretty multi-passionate person. One of the things I happen to know about you is that you've written some books. Can you tell our listeners about the books that you've written? Yes, yes. So I have two amazing co-authors, Natasha Carby-Joseph. She's a speech-language pathologist and also um, a private practice owner, Therapy Essentials. And then Adrian Fuller, who you know very well. She's a speech-language pathologist, private practice owner, clinical director of Speech Builders. So my two co-authors that I have known for so long, we wrote one book, uh, Putting Your Dreams to Work. It's available on Amazon. It's all about the keys to opening and starting your private practice. So whether you are a speech language pathologist, OT, PT, it gives solid advice, solid steps on how to get started with opening your private practice. And then our second book, which we love, just supporting uh, new SLP grads and uh, new graduates out there that are getting ready for their CFY. It's called Start Your Engines. And it's a workbook. It's a workbook for, I want to say, finding yourself and getting ready, getting geared up for your clinical fellowship. And it's very introspective. So there's a lot of, you know, great questions in there. It's meant to take you on that introspective journey prior to starting your CFY so that you will be ready and well-equipped for that important time and you can get the most out of it. So people listening, pick up both, all, both of these books. Also specifically, if, if you're listening and you happen to be a grad student or heading into your CF, get the book. Or if you are an SLP and maybe you're supervising a CF or supervising a grad student, this would be a wonderful present to give. You know, sometimes I'm in groups and people say, I had a really great grad student. Like I'd like to give her a present. Does anyone have any ideas? Well, here's your idea, right? I think so. I mean, it's a, it's something where it's one of those gifts to an SLP grad that just says, you know what? I think the world of you, I know you have a bright future ahead and I just want to give you this opportunity to really, you know, delve into your CFY, prepare for it. But it's just a, it's a thank you. It's a great thank you, especially if you've had an amazing intern. So I actually am giving it to our interns that have spent some time with us. They are phenomenal, phenomenal. And uh, that's something I'm very passionate about too. SLP interns, um, if you are an SLP out there and you have never had one and you have the opportunity to give back, it is an amazing, absolutely amazing um, experience to share your passion for speech language pathology with someone who is growing in their passion for the field as well. 
it's, it's so rewarding. So rewarding. I love it. What are your plans for the future with your private practice, right? As of the time of this recording, we're still in coronavirus and it's a really weird time to be planning things, but what are your plans for your practice over the next like year or so? So it is. Yeah. So we're in right here in the pandemic, right? But my plans have always been growth and I'm a big risk taker. So I open a practice in the heat, uh, in the dead heat of the pandemic. So May, yeah, May 2020, I decided to open up a practice in Naples, Florida. And being that we are predominantly Medicaid, I knew that it was going to be a very fruitful and and needed uh, opening. So I knew there was a need there. I had no idea how much of a need there was there. It is such a need. And we have people coming from the surrounding area. So that area, what are my plans? Just to continue to nurture the growth there. There is amazing things happening there. My team there, they're doing an amazing job. Uh, We're continuing to embrace teletherapy. Uh, We are expanding. We really going to just, we have, we have always embraced it, but there are so many schools out there that needed. There's so many individuals that needed. There's so many areas that are untouched. We're just going to be open for change, open for growth and just open, just open for what's out there. And I think having the right attitude and really having a heart for the community, you will never go wrong. You will never be out of a job. You will never really come to that place of being stagnant. You're never going to taste that, you know, that lack. I really don't think you ever will, as long as your heart is for the community and growing in those business principles and just being open to change. So I I love it. I'm looking forward to more growth, maybe another office here or there. You never know, but I'll just always continue to scout things out and continue to have fun with it because this is a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of fun, isn't it? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I get to meet fun people. I get to connect with amazing uh, game changers, amazing community changers. And we're just, I'm enjoying it all along the way. There's a lot of fun things happening. Um, before we wrap up, can is there anything either we haven't talked about that you would love to be able to tell our listeners or any like pieces of advice for people who are just thinking about starting a private practice, but they haven't really put the wheels in motion yet? I would say definitely take some time to get to know who you are and the passion you have for the field. That really is your brand. You're going to hear so many people around you that maybe they've started a private practice and maybe they're closing their private practice. And it's always our nature to maybe, you know, to to go towards the negative bias. You know, we, those are the things that when it, that's the thing that kind of sticks in your brain, right? Where you hear a negative story and you kind of throw all the positive stories out the window, but it's that one negative story that really makes an impact 
And if you're that person, you know, there's, I don't want you to say, stop doing that because that's just the way our brain, (laughs) that's just the way our brain is formed. And that's just the way it's going to happen. But if you're holding on to something negative, just really put it into perspective that that's just one situation. That's absolutely one situation. I will never forget. And it made such a huge impact on me. I cannot tell you in undergrad, uh, which I've, I've known I've wanted to be a speech language pathologist since I was in ninth grade, which is kind of different. It's kind of different. I was a competitor with uh, speech and also with debate. So I, when I found out, oh, there's a way to work on speech, I just thought that was fascinating. So I had that mentality. I knew I wanted to be a speech therapist and I always gravitated towards like, oh my gosh, if I met a speech language pathologist, it was like meeting a superstar, right? And I met the speech language pathologist. I was invited to this feminist brouhaha. It was just such a beautiful, fun time. It was like an intellectual talk. And out of this huge class, I was invited to go. It was great. And I just gravitated towards her and she's a speech language pathologist. And she said, you know, I burned out after seven years and then I decided to do something else. And then, and then that was the end of the conversation. And I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh, I've wanted to do this like forever. And she was just burned out and she just walked away. Like I I didn't get the rest of the story. I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know about that, but I just blew it up to something so big in my head. And I just thought, well, that just, that can't be me. That just can't be me. But again, it's that negative bias. It just, it stuck in my mind so much. I thought, wow, I just want to make sure I never get to that point. I just diversify and I think that's why I I love working with adults, right? I love working with kids. I love doing voice. I love doing swallowing. I love every area. I I felt as though if I just continue to search out all areas of speech language pathology, then there is no way I would get burnt out. It's kind of been true. So, I mean, if anyone out there is feeling that way about private practice, search it out talk it out, but continue to look around and search it out. There's so many things that you can do in order to grow your practice, serve the community. So many things. There's things that haven't been done. And just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. You may, it it just may be waiting on you to do it. So many times I see that. So don't second guess yourself. That's right. Be a trendsetter. Be a trendsetter, right? Be a trendsetter. You can do it. You can do it. What if you had listened to that woman? I don't know. I was very impressionable because this was in Tallahassee and it was a lot of powerful women there, a lot of, you know, Congress women there. And it was just, you know, it's like a house party, a very affluent house party. And, and they were just talking about very important topics, you know? Uh, just kind of like a, a think tank. And that comment just so impacted me. It still does. Like I can still see this woman and I can still hear the words. That's probably a good point. We have to watch what we're saying. We have to watch what we're saying to the next generation. Like we have to watch our words. And 
it's very easy for us to maybe just talk shop, you know, maybe around, you know, just loose ears. <laughs> and what we're saying is maybe we're commiserating, but we have to watch what we're saying. We have a beautiful field and yeah, we, we've got to watch because there's impressionable ears like mine, you know, that long ago, it was, I was very impressionable, but thank goodness I decided to continue forward, you know, and have a better game plan. Like I just thought I've got to have a better game plan than whatever she did. And I had no idea what she did. Well, you figured out how to not end up in her situation, right? Like it could have turned you off from the field altogether, but what it sounds like it did instead was help you learn how to proactively protect yourself from ending up like that. Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I, I have amazingly, oh my goodness, I've had some amazing mentors in so many different areas in, in voice therapy. Oh my goodness. You know, Dr. Ingram and in stuttering, Dr. Jean Bruton, it was just, a amazing, some amazing, amazing superstars. <laughs> and, um, so I, I, I really, you know, with all that I've received, I think from the field, I really want to be sure to give it back and, and always be ready for some fresh change when change is needed. Well, you have certainly given back, right? You've given back in terms of, you know, um, helping people all over Florida, which is a pretty big state, um, giving back to jobs to people, right? You've written books that are giving back to the next generation of SLPs who are either, you know, pursuing private practice or pursuing the field, right? And then you just keep talking about growth and how you have this, you know, passion toward growing, continuing to grow, serve new com uh, communities like the one, you know, in Naples. So like, I think you're unstoppable, Pam. I'm so excited that you were able to, to share your journey and your lessons and everything else. Where can people connect with you online if they want to learn more about you or say hi on Instagram or something? Please, please say hi. I love saying hi and I love collaborating. If anyone has any ideas, I'm always going to be your hype woman. I'm like the best hype woman. Like if someone could just say, Hey, I was thinking about doing this. I'm saying, yes, let's do it. Let's do it next week or let's do it tomorrow. So I'm always about connecting and connecting visions and networking or putting you in touch with someone that is going to do the same. So you can reach out to me, Instagram at speech Orlando. So Instagram at speech Orlando. Perfect. So listeners, please make sure to connect with Pam there. Send her a DM. Tell her what your biggest takeaway was or, you know, lesson you learned. Follow her content. She, she does a lot of Instagram lives and just puts out some really good content, empowering young SLPs or really, I guess, SLPs of all ages to pursue their dreams and just to continue to make an impact on our profession, a positive impact and continue to make change in just such a positive way. So thank you so much for being on, Pam. No problem. This was fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So isn't Pamela Jackson Rowe amazing? I love her energy, enthusiasm, and drive when it comes to growing her business and also other people's businesses. She is doing big, big things. She's built an amazingly successful private practice and in case you're wondering, she's not your competition. 
She's proof that it's possible. So what will you do with the information and inspiration that you received today? Well, for one, I hope that you'll send Pam a DM on Instagram. You can find her at Speech Orlando. And I also hope that you'll seek out mentorship as you start your private practice because it is so much easier than spinning your wheels and trying to figure it out on your own. I also hope that we'll see you next week when I'll offer you more information and inspiration on starting your private practice the right way. See you then. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. (laughs) And I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.